three, two, one. Happy New Year! Oh my God, 2018 already. Wow. wow. It's, it, God. You're listening to the archival yeah. audio of our episode that we definitely recorded uh-huh. on New Year's Welcome Day. to our New Year's episode, <laughs> everybody. It's great to be back in 2018. Um, I'm Andrew J. Pytel. And I'm Nick Lancaster. This is Something Old. Something New. Something Borrowed. And Something Brewed. New Year's Edition. <laughs> so we're going to change it up a little bit today. We're going to, first half of the show, we're going to hit on some things that you might have missed and some things you definitely did not miss in 2017. And then we're going to, we're going to, in the second half, uh, we're, we're taking a liberty, uh, part, of, part of our New Year's resolution, uh, is, is to, to talk more about things we love, to, to love things more. So we're going to be talking about Ben Fold's five album the sound of the life of the mind so (laughs) yeah So it is. It is 2018. We're, it is. It we're is done with that 2017 shit. It is. Is wait, hold on. Is it? Is it even January when this episode comes out? Yeah, it'll be like January 29th. 29th. Assuming we get it. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. So <laughs> we've had a little bit of taste of 2018 before <laughs> celebrating. It's like. Uh, you know, you got to make sure that that we got through the first month before we could actually uh, acknowledge it. So, I don't, I don't know if 2018 is going okay or going terribly yet. Uh huh. Both. Yeah, I guess. So, let's take a look back at some things that you might have missed in 2017. These are these are good things. Very good. Things. Good things that you might have missed. Things that we probably didn't talk about. Um, and if we did, sorry for repeating ourselves. <laughs> uh, Nick, why don't you take it away with our first thing? Yeah. So in 2017, uh, hip-hop artist Open Mike Eagle came out with an album called Brick Body Kids Still Daydream. I, I only said that because it's right in front of me because I cannot for the life of me remember that album title because it, yeah. it is so weird. Yeah. But he put, I don't know, I've, I've been following Open Mike Eagle for uh, for a couple years now. One of my friends got me into him. Uh, I've seen him live. He's a super cool dude. Uh, his album Dark Comedy from a couple years ago is probably one of my favorite albums ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a great song on there. You might have heard the uh, Advice Rap with Hannibal Burris. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's pretty funny. But uh, yeah, so he put this album out, and uh, I- I'm going to talk about one of my favorite songs. It's called uh, parentheses. The word, it's not the word parentheses, but it says, "How could anybody?" Which End is in parentheses. parentheses. Feel at home. <laughs> I do yeah. this every time. I drink a beer while yeah. we we're recording this, and then like the minute I start talking, I get burpy, and it. 
I feel like an idiot. Well, it's funny because each time you burp, I'm like, oh, should I jump in and carry this? <laughs> and then I'm like, nah, he's got it. And then you burp again. I'm like, oh, nah, he's got it. That could be like a dramatic pause, but really, yeah. I'm just burping. This artist. Yes. Uh, so Is known as. <laughs> All right. I think, honestly, let's just let's just play a clip. Absolutely. And then, uh, we can uh, get into it real quick. Yeah, hit that hit that creepy shit. Yeah. Yeah, good point. I forgot to say that. This song is kind of creepy sounding and I really it it I, I for some reason my first thought is Halloween, like the movie Halloween, but I don't know why. Cuz I don't think it's using any of like the sounds from that soundtrack. Mm-hmm. It's probably the lyric today is Friday the 13th <laughs> and also it's Halloween somehow. It's it's Halloween somewhere. Yeah. All right, here's how could anybody feel at home. Nice. Yeah, so we listened to a little bit of that. Um, Welcome back to the Halloween special. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Hey, Todd, what are you listening to? My, my name's Todd Hurd. <laughs> it's an impression podcast. That was now. a callback. Yeah. Uh, so I, this whole album is really good. <laughs> callback. Um, if, if you're not familiar with Open Mike Eagle, he's... <sighs> I, I was almost going to be like, he's not like other rappers. Yeah, but he's different. He... Uh, his lyricism is usually uh, very clever. He's kind of a nerdy dude. Uh, it kind of reminds me of the like early, not early, early, but like the earlier Tyler the Creator stuff. Yeah, like when we were talking about that, how like Goblin, like super, is that what it's called? Really scary song. Yeah, Goblin has some scary tracks. Yeah, on it, it kind of reminds me of that 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 style production style. Yeah, yeah, no, I can feel that. But I mean, Open Mike Eagle is like. He loves like they might be giants and comic books. I think he hosts a podcast that talks about like wrestling. Open uh, tights Todd Eagle, tights he and hosts fights. tights and fights. Yeah, with Hal Lublin yeah. and another person, Michael Eagle. That's that's him on tights what? and fights. What I had no idea. Like he's had an Adventure Time podcast. Like he's he's into like cartoony nerdy shit. And so Damn. I don't know. His his lyrics usually reference a lot of that kind of stuff. But on this time, like I don't know. He's he's talking about like. Uh, the pre-chorus, he's like, everybody's secrets inspire all of my scenes. I mm-hmm. write in all of my fantasies, and I die in all of my dreams. Oh. And it's like, it's got all, it's it's kind of got like this kind of spooky, like, existential crisis-y sounding tone throughout the whole song. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't know, it's, it's just spooky, and it's unnerving, but I like it. Nice. And that's, that's all I have to say about that. I, I love I, I'm gonna do some impressions it's an impression so I guess <laughs> I am not a crook yeah good alright suck so it I, to me <laughs> hey we're t- <laughs> hey hey we're tired yeah it's 10 o'clock it's 10 30 <laughs> I'm I'm just parting the curtain the whole way I'm burning the curtain we're gonna show you how the sausage is made yeah it's hey, what's what's a song that you want to talk a song, about? Uh, I actually I brought I brought two albums um, that that I want to I want to mention, um, sort of on different sides of the the like uh, production popularity kind of scale. Um, so first thing I want to talk about is the uh, the 2017 uh, Heim release, something to tell you. Now, a couple of the, the singles from this album were of moderate popularity. Um, the song uh, Want You Back and the songs Want You Back and Little of Your Love received some, some pretty 
it's pretty serious radio play. I know that there was um, like a, a, an Urban Outfitters uh, exclusive <laughs> version of the vinyl. So this isn't exactly some underground thing that uh, nobody heard of coming out in 2017. But with a lot of popular albums and the way that people sort of uh, take music now from Spotify, Pandora, or the hit radio stations, you probably heard two of the singles if you heard it all. And you're like, oh, that's new stuff. Cool. Um, and I just wanted to, to take a look back at it and say, hey, it's a pretty tight album all the way through. Um, I mean, we probably would have talked about it if we were like a weekly podcast and we had yeah. more time. Oh, absolutely. Actually, I was between this and another album for our second episode. So like, oh, it, really? it, was, it was really in there that if, if we had gone every week, I probably would have hit on it. Right. Um, and what's, what I find really cool about, what I found really cool about Heim uh, in general, but then what's done really well on this album is the, not quite the production, it's somewhere where production and instrumentation uh, meet in the sort of like creative blank space of uh, like alternate percussion. There's a song that heavily features like a breathing as an alternate percussion. Okay. There's a, a fax machine kind of as like an alternate, like semi-tonal percussion thing in one of the songs. Like really kind of like inspired, bold choices. Uh, while the it, it is generally poppy, uh, and I think sometimes people write off things that sound generally poppy as being uninspired. Uh, I think there's a lot, there's a lot to be found here. Uh, and, and each song specifically, we'll listen to a clip from the album, but each song specifically sort of lives in its own space and grows and develops and breathes and you know, inhales and exhales. And each thing kind of sounds like a living experience. And I think it's done very well. So let's, let's take a listen to, um, Hmm. I, I think we should listen to a clip from want you back. Okay. Off of something to tell you, uh, by Haim. So my first impressions on that, it almost reminds me of Imogen Heap a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Like we, it's, we, it's got that blend of like traditional instruments and then mm-hmm. like electronic yeah. stuff. Which uh, in the, the, so this is only the second full length album that Haim has released. Um, the first album, Days Are Gone, uh, features some couple songs that are pretty popular. The Wire off of that album was pretty popular. Uh, if you don't know, it's, it's Three Sisters. Um, three very talented sisters that like make sort of like a weird modern version of a family band. I thought The Wire was that show that everyone told me to watch on Netflix. Yes, and <laughs> it's also a fun song. Yeah. Um, but so um, that album was more traditionally instrumental. Um, there's a guitar and a bass and percussion and maybe like a little bit more as each song requires, but that's generally the feel of it. This one definitely had more of the electronic influence. A, a lot of like, you know, you get a feeling they're making a lot of like modular synths for the, each track, you know, like everything has its own sort of space. Yeah. Um, but something that I thought was really interesting about this album to leave you with was sort of how it was incepted. Uh, the, the band had toured for two years uh, in promotion of the last major release, Days Are Gone. Um, and they got, as I understand it, they got asked by a producer of a Judd Apatow movie to make a song for the soundtrack, which became um, 
It, the song, it's, it's called A Little of Your Love or Little of Your Love. And the chorus is pretty catchy. I think that was the most hidden, most radio play. So that didn't make the soundtrack, but they produced it in like a week, wrote and produced it in a week for the soundtrack and got this inspiration of like, oh, if we can do that, we probably have the material we to actually make an album. Like 11 more songs. Yeah. They're like, we're probably ready to make another album <laughs> if we can make a song that we're happy with, that we'd be happy with being in a movie in seven days. That's kind of, <laughs> that's kind of a funny way to like get inspired to make another album. Yeah. It's just like, it's almost like a like a twenty four hour film festival. Like, how mm-hmm. quickly can you just make something up? Yeah, and they're like, "Oh, we could actually just keep doing this." I'm like, oh, and it was good. Let's do that a couple more times and uh, make it right. Home. Yeah. So, uh, throwing it back over to you, Nick. All right. So the second song I'm going to talk about is, uh, you know, I think it's been a long time coming uh-huh. on this show. Yeah. Uh, I'm finally gonna gonna bring my boy in. Your boy. I'm gonna talk about John Mayer. Oh no! <laughs> so, oh my God, <laughs> Nick, put your huge boner away. <laughs> John Mayer and Ben Folds in one episode. Yeah, that you, that was oh. one of the most validating things, honestly. When I watched an interview with with John Mayer and he talked about the two albums that he had with him in college, uh-huh. and they were OK Computer by Radiohead and oh. Whatever and Ever Amen by Ben Folds Five. Oh, that's okay. Like Ben, like John Mayer does a killer cover of Kid A. Like he's mm-hmm. he's a weird dude, and uh-huh. I I love him. He has said some pretty bad shit in the past. Mm-hmm. I he's he's a contentious figure. I I understand that. But like strictly coming from like a musician's perspective and like a guitar player's perspective, the dude is probably one of the best modern guitar players like mm-hmm. in the game. Period. Yeah. So he put an album out uh, back in God, I want to say like April. But mm-hmm. what what he did was he released it in two parts. So he released this album called The Search for Everything. So it's like it's like the last movie in a young adult movie series. <laughs> he just broke up into two parts. Yeah, you gotta you gotta milk it for two parts. So he released it in in two parts, and I'm gonna play you the first song that I heard from like the this new album that he'd been working on because the album that he had done prior to it was like 2013, I wanna say. So it, 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 there's usually about a four-year gap between his album releases. So I, when he said he was working on new material, I was pretty pumped. So uh, I'm going to play you the first song that I actually heard from like anything that he had done in 2017, and that is a song called Moving On and Getting Over. Uh, I'll play a clip, and then uh, we can talk about it. So while, <laughs> while you were listening to a clip, we listened to a couple of the tracks on the album and Nick was like straight up air basing and like <laughs> pointing at percussion hits and like, uh, m- like mumbling all the words. Oh and, yeah. Oh, uh, Nick loves this song. Moving on and getting over is, ah, uh, it's so good. I love it. There, there's a lot of, uh, I mean, it's got all the guitar work that you could want. It's got like uh, a steady rhythm and he's got like these little, little riffings that he's got going on. And it's just kind of a like laid back funky tune. Yeah. Um, and the whole album is kind of, cause it's like, okay, if you're not familiar with like the trajectory John of Mayer. John Mayer, like he put out an album in 2010 and then like did a couple of interviews and said some shitty stuff and then basically disappeared off the map. 
like he moved to Montana and just like grew his hair out. It's it kind of sounds like <laughs> it sounds like a shitty romantic comedy when I say it out loud. It does. It but, really does. But this I, is he, Act Three of like <laughs> of like one of the not good Judd Apatow movies. Yeah. But anyway, he basically like did the whole search for himself thing, disconnected from society. Like he, he basically stopped being a paparazzi figure. Mm-hmm. And then he came back in 2012 with um almost a country album. Like I, I think he took time off and moved away from like the the the, the hustle and bustle of the inner yeah. city <laughs> and really found himself in the root of his music, which is classic Americana. Yeah. That's that's pretty apt. <laughs> um, yeah, born and raised was like very much Americana. Um, it was. <laughs> oh yeah, it, that's, that's the album called Born and Raised. Yeah, for real. <laughs> and then uh, he did maybe my favorite thing, which is join Dead and Company. Yeah, amazing. So, so now, now all of those like classic rock purists and like people who mm-hmm. probably hate John Mayer because. Yeah. They, their girlfriends made them go see him live and all that Uh stuff. Now he's in their favorite band. Yeah. And I bet it's really good. And it's, it's so good. It's really, (laughs) I could gush about John Mayer for a long time. So I'm going to go ahead and stop myself from doing that. The search for everything is really good. There's some good songs on that. Um, I'd listen to moving on and getting over. I'd listen to, uh, 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 Helpless is a banger of a track. In uh, the Blood Will Make You Cry. It's pretty sad. Uh, he kind of hits all the stuff. All of them. All of the things. All of the stuff. All right. What's <laughs> So, uh, Andrew, what is your next recommendation from 2017? Yeah, so the other thing I brought uh, today is something I'm really excited about. Um, this is so kind of just... Uh, a random happenstance. I saw this band, Overcoats, uh, at a local venue. They were the the middle band in a three, um, you know, three bands on a ticket. Uh, so they're, they, based on their website, I think maybe they're a national act. Um, but like maybe you know maybe that's just the, like if you look like it, then you are kind of thing. <laughs> Who knows? They're faking no. it till they make it. Point being, saw them live. <laughs> Super good, like really, really good. So this hey, is—they're on Apple Music and have a deluxe version of their album. So that yeah, seems they have a different pretty big to me. They have a different uh, publicist for Europe. So like, who knows? Uh, hey, Overcoats, if you're listening, and I'm underselling you, uh, my bad. Super <laughs> great job. Really loved it, and that's why today I want to talk about uh, quickly the album Young. Please come uh, on our show by Overcoats. Yeah, absolutely. Please come on our show um, because. This was sort of my, like, my favorite discovery of the year. So watching them perform live, really good. Like, like super, super tightly done. Um, and it's such an interesting sound. Um, so I, I think, like, to give some floor to what I'm about to say, I, I think we should listen to a clip from this album. And I think we should listen to the song uh, The Fog. All right, here is The Fog from Overcoats on the album Young. So what really set apart a, a lot of the tracks on this album from a lot of the things that I've I've come across uh, recently is 
a lot of the songs seem kind of folk inspired, but it's definitely done like not quite with a digital edge, but like very much like this album is created in the mindset of what's available in technology now to produce music. Synth heavy, um, complete, like everything feels like it has a hand of, of production put into it. But the, the lyrics and the stories told on the different songs, I, I think a lot of times like a very human, a very human prose in lyrics can absolutely get sort of cheapened in a way by this overproduction vibe or this like electronic music uh, uh, feeling. Yeah. And I've got none of that on this album. I, I feel super uh, empathetic to the singers. I feel like even at the most produced parts where there's modulated vocals, I feel like it's still, it's very clear that there's a real person behind it. There's two real people behind what's going on. And uh, I, I found myself, one, enjoying the music and kind of grooving to it. And some of it's kind of trancey, um, but like really sort of caring about about the story underneath it too. And like never, that's never taken away from with sort of a production heavy sound. Yeah. Uh, I mean, based on the couple songs that uh, you, you, we've played tonight, uh, my first thought was like, if if like... Amish girls who lived in the woods <laughs> discovered like Ableton Live or something like because it's like it's got like the, their vocal stylings and their lyrics are mm-hmm. like I, 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 they're very like puritanical sounding to me. Well, it's 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 very real and straightforward, and um, it like it not to say that their voices don't sound very nice but it's like sort of got this real edge to it yeah. that usually it has is kind of constrained to like folk sort of like like i can sound like like uh, the we were talking about the mountain goats earlier and it's like i can sound kind of bad cuz that's the sound that we're doing and yeah, it's like exactly. and that's accepted in that genre but now we've got something that is like not not pop definitely not pop but like like pop e in a way with this like electro folk story sort of telling thing going on where it's like oh but like you're you're not editing the shit out of your voice to make it sound like a right. synth instrument you're not like yeah so i it it creates like an interesting juxtaposition mm-hmm. of technology versus like it'd be <laughs> it'd be like like singing a song about churning butter, and then halfway through, it's like, you're super into this Amish I, thing. Yeah, I don't. That's like that was my first thought, and I'm r- I'm running with it. I, okay, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't have a ton more to say about this album. I didn't really want to break it down uh, too hard. I just want to say that if you if you want to listen to something that came out last year that you probably haven't heard of, that I think is one of the best things that I found in 2017, I would definitely recommend the album Young by Overcoats. And if you get a chance to see them live, it's like, I saw them live first. So then I was surprised at sort of what they're like, their, their, their vinyl sounds like what they sound like live. But if I did it the other order, I would have been surprised how well they can perform was as it, a person. Was it just the two of them live? I honestly, I'm kind of struggling to remember that night. There were three bands. There were two um, female duets. One of them had a supporting musician doing uh, okay. uh, bit parts. I honestly don't remember who it was. Okay. So to, it, they might have been, it might not have been. I don't want to, to like make something up about that. Right, so. no, I got, I got gotcha. you. 
Um, yeah, because that's like that's all that's like a wall of sound coming from just two people. Yeah, which they're, is super neat. Well, their harmonies together are are insane. Like I, I had to remind myself listening to the album that uh, almost almost every time it is the two it's the two separate musicians harmonizing and not one person laying down both vocal tracks because it's like it, it's they're different enough that you don't fall into the like oh this is layered harmony thing but like so perfectly like on that verge of like blending but separate enough to have its own identity that it's 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 very remarkable. Sweet. Yeah, I dig it. Yeah. So, um, I got I got one let's more. Throw it back to you to, to finish up things you should have listened to in 2017. And then I think I've got something real quick at the end for things uh if you didn't catch in 2017, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So this all right, I'm going to I'm going to fib a little bit here. This is a band that I actually just got into a couple weeks ago. That being said, they put out an album in 2017 that I'm gonna I'm gonna paint the picture for you. I was hanging out with some of my friends, like for the first time in a long time, like mm-hmm. doing one of those like bar hopping, like yeah. staying out all night, like drinking till like three o'clock in the morning, and then going to a breakfast diner. Oh man, that like, sounds fun! At three thirty, like Aww. it was it was so much fun. It was it, it was it was so awesome. But we did this all in Ann Arbor, and uh-huh. the next band I'm going to talk about is from Ann Arbor. Uh, they are a band called Wolfpack. And they, they've put a few albums out. Um, I'm really into The Beautiful Game, which came out in 2016. Mm-hmm. But they put an album out in 2017 called Mr. Finish Line. Mm-hmm. And I listened to this album on the car ride back to Kalamazoo from Ann Arbor. Like, kind of sleep deprived, but still <laughs> feeling pretty good. Like, yeah pretty jazzed about having like a great weekend with some friends that i haven't really been able to hang out with in a long time and so the song i want to talk about is the first song on the album uh birds of a feather we rock together featuring Uh antoine stanley uh this song is musical chocolate it's (laughs) it it, uh, it it melts in your mouth kind of i don't know it's it's so good it's so funky like I don't, I don't know what Wolfpack is is like doing, but they're doing it right, whatever it is. Hell uh, yeah! So let's play a sample of that, and then we can talk a little bit about it, and then we can shift on to the second part of the show. So here is Birds of a Feather. We rock together, featuring Antoine Stanley. Uh, Damn! Yeah, yeah. So everything that about is smooth. That, yeah, it's so smooth. It's, that, it's milk chocolate. Yeah. And, and, uh, so like other Wolfpack, they're a very varied band. They can, Uh they can, you know, they have like, you know, these barn burners, like really quick, like funk songs, Mm -hmm. but then, you know, they can dial it back and just, you know, let the bass and like old school sound in like road keyboard, just take it away. So this album, this album is really good. Everything that they've done as far as I can tell, is pretty consistently good. Yeah. So if, if you're if you like funk, if you like smooth jazz, if you like, and it's like they feature a ton of artists too. Which yeah, is and, awesome. and the, like Wolfpack isn't necessarily an unheard of artist, <coughs> but I think what and one of the reasons I wanted to talk about the Heim album too is just with how people consume music uh, these days, it's so easy to just like 
hear that, oh, yeah, that new artist that has a song I like dropped a new album and then just like get presented with maybe whatever is the hit single if there is one and never even get to the point of like maybe I should you know, pull that album up and listen to it because a lot of people just assume that an algorithm is going to provide them with the stuff they would like. <laughs> so I, I definitely think those, this Volpeth album, that Heim album, even though you probably heard, you know, you might heard a song from it. Like it, it's definitely something worth going and like checking front to back. Oh it, yeah. Sort of the opposite of the, uh, oh my God, the Arcade Fire album <laughs> or the Portugal, the man albums that I did. Uh, my first like reviews on this show were like, yeah, Seems like they churned it out to get paid. <laughs> these these ones definitely seem more like labors of love and like really well crafted, actually like done done with a with a, a, a firm but delicate grasp. Yeah, I would agree with that. So to to finish up this first half, I just want to real quick um, something you did not miss in 2017. If you haven't listened to it yet, if you haven't listened to the new Eminem album, don't. <laughs> it's not good. Don't do it. Anyway, that's my review of so, the new Eminem album. Okay. I, I mean, I was going to say, that's like, I, I've heard this new Eminem album, like, through osmosis, just from other people playing it. Yeah. And is Eminem's new formula just, like, getting a female singer to come in and sing, like, the chorus, and then he just complains about people, like... Like wanting him to be like He's, his old self. What's is that the, it? What's the what's the guy's name who does the the essays in NPR? Is that Andy Rooney? Or do you know who I'm talking about? What? what, what? Like, it seems to me that people who like thing A and people who like thing B <laughs> could all just get along if we all pretended to like things. It's like it's like he's just he's doing like. His rhymes are becoming practically dad jokes. Like, <laughs> and it's yeah, it's got fucking dad jokes and like just this like I'm just kind of complaining now because that's worked for me in the past. And it's like, yeah, dude, five years ago I liked angry Eminem yelling about stuff with like Rihanna in the background or whatever. But it's like you've done it. Yeah, you did it. You clearly don't care that much about the thing you're saying now. I love you know. We'll do the 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 fuck Trump tour is a publicity stunt. Even if he believes it, it's still a fucking publicity stunt. Like yeah. Eminem's career is kind of built on, like I would say controversy. But when you go back to like the early stuff, it's less so controversy as in like things that are controversial, and more like controversy as in things that are pretty objectively bad. I think Eminem suffers a little bit from like. Marilyn Manson syndrome mm-hmm. where like at, at their place in time when they were at their peak, like they were on the cutting edge of culture and like everyone's mom was like up in arms about it. Yeah. And now they're just like flubby white dudes. I mean, Eminem are just like trying to be shocking. Eminem's mission statement is this looks like a job for me. So everybody just follow me because we need a little controversy because it feels so empty without me. It's like, doesn't really feel empty without you anymore, Eminem. It really doesn't. If you're not like, honestly, even if you are impassioned for the new project, like maybe just like put it on SoundCloud and see what the kids have to say about it first. Because it's like you didn't, you didn't knock this one out of the park, bud. Yeah, you didn't knock this one in the park. It's an infield fly rule. <laughs> so uh, we're gonna take a quick break, and we'll be right back uh, with just. 
some passionate words about the sound of the life of the mind. Is it the sound of the life of the mind or sound of the life I think of it's the mind? The, I think it's the sound of the life of the mind. The sound of the life of the mind. There's a little, like, um, the alliteration going on there. Which was the first new album uh, by Ben Folds 5. Since, like, 1999. Yeah, back. And this is, God, this is this was my freshman year of college. So this is, like, it was yeah. seven years ago now. All right. Well, I don't want to talk about how old I'm getting. We'll be right back with that. <laughs> And now, a word from us. Hi, everyone. Andrew here. Thanks for listening to the show. As always, we really, truly, uh, uh, like, it means so much to us uh, that people actually listen to this thing we do. Um, If you haven't yet, uh, please uh, like and rate us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast from Uh, That's really the only way that other people can discover a new show is either by sharing it to your friends or liking and reviewing it on your podcast provider. Uh, If you like us, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at at podcast. Our website is www.sosnsbsbpodcast.com, and we are on Facebook at Something Old, Something New, Something Borrowed, Something Brewed. Yeah, that's that's the kind of stuff that uh, really helps us out a lot. Um, we're sitting at, I think, 14 uh, ratings on iTunes. We're at five written reviews on iTunes. Mm-hmm. That's pretty amazing to me. No uh, one's ever emailed our email. If you want to email <laughs> me, please. It's sosnsbspodcast well, that's the thing at gmail.com. <laughs> well, that's the thing we've never really done, like, uh, like uh, fan like submission like e- like albums to talk about i don't know that could be a thing we talk about in the future yeah hit us up if you think we missed something or if you think there's something coming out you want to hear about or if there's something you want to share let us know we'd love to we'd love to hear more from our uh seven fans <laughs> hell i mean you might get on the show i mean last episode with ben ben has been there from the beginning and mm-hmm. he was an absolute pleasure to have on the show i probably one of my favorite episodes that we've recorded so there's that (laughs) yeah uh we're gonna get right back into it um i'm very excited about this this second act that we recorded a little earlier uh i think it's one of the best things we've done in the show so uh let's do it there's a weird thing to lie about (laughs) (laughs) welcome back to the shit punching podcast (laughs) On a dime, <laughs> on a dime, we just turn right back into like, hey, and welcome back to our yeah, podcast. Somebody shit in the punch, which would be sad. <laughs> Speaking of sad things, uh, segway. just the most wonderfully bittersweet album, um, The Sound of the Life of the Mind by Ben Folds 5. Um, so let's talk about The Sound of the Life of the Mind. So the only thing you need to know about this album is that Pitchfork gave it a 3.5 out of 10. Whoa, 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 really? Yeah, so what? fuck Pitchfork. Fuck them. Is that, because uh, I feel like Ben Folds 5. Uh-huh. It, uh, yeah, I mean, 3.5 out of 10. It sounds like they're just like nostalgia baiting like I absolutely like oh well they got back together which they were never gonna do and uh, it's not it's not what i wanted it it's star wars it's not what i wanted it to be (laughs) but my fan fiction was different i think ben folds is kind of 
he's he's kind of like Wes Anderson for me in a lot mm-hmm. of ways, where uh, Wes Anderson's gonna put a movie out, yeah, and I'm gonna like it, <laughs> but it's gonna be the most Wes Anderson thing that he's ever done. Yeah, exactly. Like if you're a fan of like an artist and their style, and it's like consistently good, you're mm-hmm. you're just gonna like it. Yeah. Well, it's it's sort of the um. The yeah, um, Wes Anderson I think is probably the best example. I can think of this. maybe like Tarantino, yeah. an example too, where it's like Tarantino made a really Tarantino-y movie, and the two responses that are oh dope because I like Tarantino, or like uh, how contrived he yeah. continues to use the same style that he's good at. That is not. It's like fuck you. Like it's good. Yeah, it's good. Fuck you, Pitchfork. Wow, calling we're calling him out. Uh, yeah, you know what? I'm putting Pitchfork <laughs> on blast. Pitchfork, I give you a 3.5 out of 10. Your whole shtick is being hard on albums. You know what? That's li- it's, it's called being a critic. Literally everyone's doing that except for IGN. Fuck you, IGN. <laughs> You're on blast too. You suck. Dude, I think Pitchfork gave uh, Because the Internet by Childish Gambino like a one or a two. Yeah. Or no, it was Camp. They gave Camp like a really low rating. Yeah, and then I bet when he was super hot and popular, they were like, uh, we probably shouldn't have done that. We all, we've all we always been big fans. Um, Look, I was a huge fan of Camp. That's why I gave it a 2 out of 10. Like, <laughs> I'm a fan of your character. I, okay, so Sound of the Life of the Mind was this big, impactful album for me, and I, I assume you two in that came out in 2012. Uh, ben Foltz 5 had been on hiatus since... Uh, sort of the flop that was the unauthorized uh, biography of, of Reinhold Messner, which was super highly taught and awaited and was supposed to be this big thing and then pretty much fell short. Well, are you talking about critically or personally? Critically. Okay, good. I, I, don't, I don't know. I think with a lot it's of... It's not my favorite, but it's absolutely not bad. But like it, it was it was built up to be sort of this like magnum opus of the Benfolds Five thing where they came in with this cool style and they were gonna like create a concept album and fucking do it. Yeah. Uh I guess, you know, at the time that those albums came out, I was young enough that like I wasn't really aware of Benfolds at the mm-hmm. time. So I, I didn't really have that sort of pressure built up to it like yeah. like building up to like, oh it's this big thing that's gonna mm-hmm. come out. So I, I listened to it, you know, like, oh this is just another album that they did. I mean, it, it's important to contextualize it in a way, though, of the way the way music was then. I mean, this is still the late 90s, early 2000s, where, like, Brick was this radio smash hit success. So people were expecting that this publicized album that came out would be this big pop smash. Yeah. Because that's what people did. You sold out, kind of. Well, yeah, Whatever and Ever Amen, like, had a very distinct, like, punk rock mm-hmm. ethos to it. Yeah. Like, and then uh, the the uh, unauthorized biography of Reinhold Messner was much more restrained and tender and like mm-hmm. interesting than. And I guess if you went into it expecting like another like song for the dumped brick, yeah, like well, two hundred faces or two hundred dwarves or whatever. If you saw this three album progression in a band that came out in two thousand ten, right? So you see uh, Ben Folds Five self titled two thousand ten. Uh, whatever and ever, Amen in 2012, and then Reinhold Messner in, I think that would make it 2015. I think it was three years later. Like, then you're right on trend. 
you're taking the step back and making it personal and tender and real at the exact right time. They're just 15 years ahead of the game. <laughs> yeah. Like, they did that at the moment where, uh, you know, like, Dylan-style, like, storytelling folk was finally completely falling off the radar of popular. Like, we're losing all of that in favor of, like, uh, do you think Cher's using auto-tune? Uh, no, Cher says she's not using <laughs> auto-tune. Yeah, she is, though. And, like, uh, the, like uh, boy bands uh, getting replaced by, like, boy band. And, like, just this this moment of distilled, curated, what fits the 95th percentile moment. And they got artsy and like, it's a good thing, yeah. but it wasn't for a career then. Yeah. So they break and up. It kind of, yeah. It, make, it makes sense that that's like the last thing that they did. And then they break up. Ben Folds does a, a, a pretty successful solo career, releases some great albums, albums that I love. That you and I love. We talked about, um, Rockin' the Suburbs. We Rockin' the Suburbs on the first he episode. Did, he did some shit, like, right back to back that was, like, yeah. Rockin' the Suburbs and then, like, Songs for Silverman. And Songs then... for Silverman is one of the saddest albums ever. That's my, like, I need to let a good cry out. I listen to Songs for Silverman. God, yeah. Songs for Silverman has some stuff on it. He did all those EPs that he mashed together into the one, you know, bigger album. Uh, did the album with Nick Hornby. Nick Hornby wrote uh, the uh, titular track on, on Sound of the Life of the Mind. Anyway, a lot of shit happens. They record new music when Ben Folds does his retrospective for the first time in, like, a long time. And then a couple years later, boom, here we get it. Sound of the Life of the Mind, the new album. You got Ben Folds. You got Robert Sledge. You, you got, got Darren, Darren Jesse. Jesse. They're all... The gang is you all You got here. a song that Darren Jesse wrote also, oh, which is... maybe my favorite song on the album. <laughs> um, let's... I think we should jump into this. Let's listen to the beginning. Okay. Let's start at the beginning. All right, so here is uh, the song Erase Me by Ben Folds 5. So my sort of rough takeaway initially from first listen through this album, uh, I wasn't disappointed, but it it my, it was, hey, it's Ben Folds 5. It sounds like Ben Folds 5, and it sounds like they've all had 15 years of aging. Yeah. And that, that's what it is, though. It's, it sounds, I mean, I think at times it kind of sounds like Ben Fold's solo career mm -hmm. plus Darren Jesse and Robert Sludge. Yeah, it does sound a little bit like the, the, the Darren Jesse solo project. Right. Like a, a couple of the songs, like I think, uh, like draw, draw a crowd and do it anyway, mm -hmm. like back to back, just kind of like sound like the same idea, mm -hmm. but it's just like different chord progressions. Yeah. I don't know. I, I do, I do really like this album, and I'll still listen to it front to back. And it's like, the what what Ben Folds Five to me is the the three of them and like the harmonies and Robert Sledge on that distorted bass and like that. I mean, that's what the yeah. band is to me. Uh huh. So it's like even the most like the boring songs on this album are still interesting to listen to. Yeah with like the three part harmony that they have going yeah. on. Like well, they just, they play well together. I don't think we're going to uh, have, I would like to play a clip from every song. We don't really have time for that. We're not going <laughs> to do that to you. Um, so the next song on the album is, uh, 
I am definitely not changing tabs in my internet browser right now. <laughs> Michael Prater, five years later. Uh, this is, so Erase Me is, I was going to say fun. It's not really fun. It's intense. They're setting the note right away. Like, hey, remember how like Ben Fold stuff is sad? Here's that. <laughs> Michael Prater, five years later, sort of explores more of the uh, the harmonies and and more of this like, you know, it's not just Ben Folds anymore. The the band's back together. We're doing some more interesting stuff in the mid-range. We're, we're creating more of a sonic experience while telling one of those classic stories. That's yeah, like, Erase Me had, like, the, the Robert Sludge fuzzy bass, mm-hmm. and then Michael Prater, five years later, has those harmonies that yeah. you just... You, are so that good. are Ben Folds 5. Yeah. And um, this song this song is is an interesting story. It kind of sounds like the follow up to like Stephen's last night in town almost right. where it's 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 a very <coughs> literal story of an individual and presumably Ben but you know the narrator's experience with that person um, Michael Prater 5 years later kind of sounds like a b-side from like uh, 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 uh the the Nick Hornby album just like that sort of storytelling that I don't mm-hmm. know that was like my first thought I was like it's just like telling a story about a dude and that's very much like uh, lonely avenue it's yeah, still good it is, it is. It, it, it's uh it almost seems like the lyrics are influenced by that sort of nick hornby storytelling but it's kind of what ben folds had been doing uh throughout his solo career songs for silverman and uh i mean uh super sunny speed graphic yeah, all, like all that there's stuff. a lot of like pick a person write a story about him kind of thing yeah, who knows if it's true or not um somebody does probably <laughs> the next song um, is what I often call my favorite song on the album. Yeah. Sky High is beautiful. And it, it's funny because it, it comes across as more sad than most things on here, but it's absolutely like, it's it's just a little melancholy. So it's just a beautiful little melancholy diddle. And there's, I'm oh. going to, I'm going to bring it back to my man, John Mayer here. Yeah. John Mayer and Ben Folds 5 both put albums out in 2012. Uh, John Mayer put out Born and Raised, and Ben Folds 5 put out The Sound of the Life of the Mind. And at that point in my life, in 2012, those two albums were, like, exactly what I needed to hear. (laughs) And Sky High, like, the first time I heard that song... yeah. Kind of hit me like just a ton of bricks. Yeah, Sky High is is impactful, like a ton of like one one thousand two hundred bricks. <laughs> um, yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna listen to one song in full off the album, it should be all of them. But if you're only gonna listen to one, uh, I think Sky High was what sold me on this band getting back together. Yeah, and it's it's technically not even a Ben Fold song. Yeah, so Darren Jesse. Wrote this one, which is actually kind of a common theme of like really loving Darren Jesse's work. Well, he Darren Jesse also wrote the chorus to Brick. Yeah, it's like Darren Jesse is kind of like the sleeper songwriter of the band. Where it's Ben like, says in interviews that he like he can oh, he owes his entire career to Darren Jesse writing the chorus to Brick because Ben yeah. Folds would have been nobody if if Darren Jesse hadn't written the chorus to Brick. Yeah. Um, we got to listen to some of Sky High. Yeah, um, we've, we've talked it up enough. And and Nick, I have a very specific part I want to hear, which is in the first verse, 
There's the three chord hits after Coffee Colored Sheets, I think. Anyway, take it away, Yeah, I know, I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about, too. Let's, All right. Let's hit it. So oh. by now, we are, we, are, we are in this. Yeah. <laughs> we are in this. So I don't, I don't, I don't know about you. Uh, the, the the next the few songs after Sky High, the Sound of the Life of the Mind is good. That one you said was written by Nick Hornby. Yeah, so Nick Hornby wrote Sound of the Life of the Mind, which is, Nick Hornby we were talking about did an album with Ben Folds, which was remarkable for Ben Folds. The first album where he didn't write almost all of the lyrics, like. He, on some of his albums, there's, like, credit for, like, half of one song to somebody else. Right. But they're definitely his solo works. That was a Nick Hornby wrote, I, I don't remember if it's 10, 11, 12, how many songs. He wrote all of the lyrics straight up with no input, gave them to Ben, and Ben set them to music. Which is, pre- which is which pretty is wild. Not because, how that normally works. Right. But it's, like, all of the songs on Lonely Avenue sound like Ben Fold songs. Yeah. Which is weird, because, like, Nick Hornby just... Like, nailed with, it. Yeah, with no Ben input, he wrote the lyrics and then gave them to him, and then Ben wrote the songs. Yeah. Um, so he wrote Sound of the Life of Mind, which is a very nice, cool song. Um, but it definitely is sort of... A lot of these songs are, like, feel first and second person, you know? Either you're feeling the feelings or you're looking at the person feeling the feelings. This is the most third-party song of, like, here's a story about a person, and, like, we're not involved in it. And here's the... Um, it's good. It's all good. I want to, even the stuff that's not like super noteworthy is still very good. Right. And it's like Sound of the Life of the Mind, On Being Frank, Draw a Crowd. Like mm. they're they're really good songs, but yeah. I, I don't, I personally feel like I don't have that much to say about them, I guess. Yeah. Well, like, On Being Frank is a cool, it, it, it's a cool story. You know, that's the least, the, the, the least nice thing I have to say about something on this is that it's a cool story. The song's nice. Uh, it's, it's lyrically engaging. Um, like draw a crowd, draw a crowd. I actually do want to talk about for a minute. Draw a crowd. Um, was, I read an interview that Ben had given a few weeks before this album came out where he's like, there's a song on this album that I, I am absolutely certain is going to get written off by critics as like dumb and like, and, uh, a childish or immature and maybe just like. Oh, we used potty language, and, but I, but I think the he goes. I think the kids. I don't know if he said the kids or the youth. What, however you phrase that, makes you sound out of touch. The but youth he didn't of the sound nation. Super out of touch. It was like I, I think young people will actually sort of get that it's a little more than that, and and I know that it's impossible to like be in touch with the youth really, <coughs> but like I, I I think the younger people will understand it because younger people have always understood this message. And so the, the course of the song is, you know, um, if you're feeling small, uh, if you can't uh, draw a crowd, draw dicks on the wall. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, okay, we're talking about dicks. It's dumb. It's whatever. But but it's actually a pretty, like, it was a timely message in 2012. Like, that was a, a for, for someone who was, who was 18, um, I was like, oh, that it's a little bit of commentary that I understand of like just got out of high school like this like if I if people aren't going to pay attention to me I'm going to you know go for the low hanging fruit go for either the vandalism the dicks on the wall or like the here's a funny penis joke because we all love them <laughs> and I I mean I feel like that's kind of like been the whole ethos of Ben Folds Five is like 
this whole punk rock thing. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's it's very much on yeah, brand. Ben, ben destroying pianos on stage yeah. because like I'm a punk even though I'm playing jazz. Like that whole that whole thing is sort of the uh, Ben Folds is one credit short of graduating college because yep. he defended his friend in a fight and <laughs> they told him he failed his final. Lake. Yeah, yeah. Instead of instead of taking the <laughs> class again next semester to graduate, he throws his drums in a lake and leaves one credit short. Like it's so very like like white bread punk. It, it's rocking the suburbs, yeah. but in real life. Yeah, and like. You know, like like I said about like Wes Anderson films and just liking it because you know you like this artist. Like Ben Folds does what he wants. Mm-hmm. It's like fiercely original. Like regardless of what critics want to think, like he just does what he wants, and that's kind of like the whole thing. Yeah. Um, that brings us to the single from the album "Do It Anyway." Yeah, which super cool music video with fraggle rock characters and oh like yeah i forgot chris about that. hardwick and anna kendrick and there's three famous people in it if i forget one of them i'm good oh rob cordry yep uh they're they're all in it and it, it's a fun cool song it's the most inspiring uh I, I really think that uh ben's lyrics get on this album i think what i like about the lyrics on this album is like him talking about uh 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 the thing I didn't like, but now I think it's okay. Yeah. And I think that... It's a song about growth. That that resonated with me a lot because when I was younger, I've probably talked about it on the show, but I was like that 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 classic rock purist mm-hmm. kid who yeah. liked other stuff, but I just didn't want to say anything about it because like, I, I didn't want to appear to be one of the masses. I didn't want to be yeah. one of the sheeple or, or, or whatever. And it's like that, I, I like that idea. It's like, yeah, I used to pretend that I didn't like this thing, but you know what? It's all right. And the song's sort of sh- shaped in a way where it goes from being sort of accusatory of like, let me tell you that, you know, you used to not like this, but now you like this, to towards the end, it's like, so tell me uh, what I said I'd never do. Tell me what I said I'd never say. Print me off the list of things that I used to not like, but now I think are okay. Exactly. Because like that's people change and it's and it's like hey it's not necessarily a bad thing you know oh yeah liking different things isn't bad necessarily because i used to not like you and now i I like the same shit that i liked in high school i would be the most boring ass person yeah that you would ever meet Uh uh-huh like ron swanson only listening to (laughs) willie nelson when he (laughs) discovers headphones in 2014 So we're through anything that's not going to be sad. Yeah, and then the the back three. Okay, contender, contender for maybe my favorite slash maybe second yeah. favorite song on the album is "Hold That Thought." Yeah, let's let's listen to part of it. Yeah, I'm just let's, let's give, just this, play let's give it. this album four clips right off the bat. Uh, oh, all right, hold that thought. Uh, it this we'll go back this, to size. <laughs> It's it almost sounds like a like a country western tune. It does a little bit. If you if you reorchestrated this to like acoustic guitar and a regular drum kit, you would it would absolutely sound like sort of a country western. Yeah, the way like the drums move and mm-hmm. it's just like I, yeah, that, that's kind of like the vibe that I get from it. But I mean, the, the beautiful harmonies, like really yeah. capturing, and, and that's the, my big takeaway for this whole album was like. It it was, I don't think any of these guys individually could have made this album. I right. think it was it was great to see a uh, 
sum is greater, uh, the whole is greater than the sum of its parts situation. Mm-hmm. Because you, you can only cry at so many bentfold songs that are orchestrated <laughs> the same way. And it's like, hey, man, even if you play every instrument in the world like you did on uh, uh, the Nick Hornby album. Right. Um, he, you know, he, he puts his own cr- played like 38 instruments on that album. Played all the instruments on that album. Still sounds a lot like Ben, you know, still sounds like Ben Folds. Right. And so it's great to hear this like Darren Jesse influence and the Roberts legend. Yeah, you never really know, like you never really notice how much, not not, not to say like his solo stuff is bad, but it's Mm -hmm. like you never really realize how much you missed Roberts legend Darren Jesse. Yeah. Until you hear a proper album with them back on it. Mm -hmm. And it's like their interpretations of like, the compositions like i'm yeah. sure ben writes these songs and he's just like all right well let's you know let's rehearse like here's the songs and it's like the the flair and the stuff that they add to it it, uh-huh. it feels like a collaborative effort to me absolutely like this song has like my, i think maybe my favorite ben folds five thing where it's like two people are sustaining a harmony and then one person uh, probably ben is just like moving around in it mm-hmm. like this it just creates the this feeling of like moving through the harmony yeah oh yeah um just the, a couple left the next two like oh the next two songs are two of the saddest songs i've ever heard it's a back-to-back one-two punch um, the clip we gotta play is away when you were here we'll do it so we're gonna skip to the last song just talk about real quick last song in the album is a song called thank you for breaking my heart uh, it's, it's very bittersweet very melancholy um definitely dealing in sad material but also like a little bit hopeful it's it's like the right before the acceptance stage of this the stages of grief where it's like that moment of like uh you know if i'm gonna live with it like like i guess thank you for breaking my heart so that i know that i can feel these feelings like yeah it's butters sitting in the gutter in the goth episode of south park (laughs) Like, wait, but you're, but this is bad. Why are you happy? And he's like, well, if I could be this sad, like I must have been that happy in the past. So like, I look forward to that. Yeah. It's Bob Ross uh, saying, uh, you know, everybody has good days and bad days. I'm waiting on the good days now. Like, It's this like moment of like positivity looking into a negative situation. That's. Yeah great and i mean it's pretty as all hell the song it sounds like a mini musical if Mm -hmm. that makes sense like it's got like these little it's it's got like movements and pieces throughout it where it starts out as one thing and then shifts to another thing and it's like its own production in just one song yeah it's it's like your uh it's like your third to last song of a musical which is the uh you know, the B cast characters, you know, your leads are doing their own thing, but your background characters just had their moment and that's getting tied up through this song and then you're gonna move on to the rest of it. But it's like this sort of like uh it's it's weird to say that a song that's like very it's it's not that it's not taking itself seriously, but it's dealing in a way that people don't normally portray it, right? Like the breakup song is usually very like angry in first person this is like a, a like a growing to accept it kind of thing yeah um and then taking a step back to just the real tearjerker of the bunch yeah away when you were here what pisses me off is that as far as i know ben folds dad is still alive and is probably i, I don't <laughs> think he's ever had any like like parental issues but this song 
really tears it. If, if you have, boy, oh boy. Um, the first line of the song is, Dad, I know you were sad when you died. Yeah. That's how he opens the thing. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, and it, uh, it's it's beautiful and it's haunting. Uh, but a realization I had re-listening to this song a few more times for this review was that it's this song is sort of uh, framed through maybe a midlife crisis. Yeah. Because in like the third verse or something, you get the uh, today I awoke to be older than you were. And in the past, maybe I kind of thought of it as like, oh, you know, he's getting older each verse and going through his stages of feelings. But I think I think this is written as like a literally on the day that this character woke up to be older than his dad ever was. Um, like just all of the rush of emotions of like all of these feelings being unearthed of like, if you hadn't died, you would have been to my wedding. If you hadn't died, things would have been great. But now that I think about it, that's not true because you were away when you were here. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I think, like... The, the, and it's upbeat. The song's upbeat. Yeah, it, it really is. It's, my my favorite line, there's, there's so many good ones, but it's just like, each line is, is so devastating with the way that he delivers it. Like, mm-hmm. right before you get into, like, the sort of, I, I guess, bridge section, where it's like this mm-hmm. punchy piano riff, but he, he just says, I won't let you let me down. And it's just like, yeah. oh my God. God, like I don't know. The, the, Benfolds can turn a phrase, and like that's that's mm-hmm. like putting the knife in and then twisting it. Yeah, uh, we gotta play a clip from it, and then let's let's I guess drink a beer. Oh my God, I it's we're we're so far into this, and yeah, like, we should have been doing that this whole time. <laughs> All right, I've got a beer. We'll drink a beer real quick. All right, here's a way when you were in here. It's super sad. I hope you like it. Well, that was exhausting. Yeah. Tears are streaming down my face. Um, That's like, here's a little bit more insider baseball. That song is so sad that even on the break, when I usually play clips, I was about to play the song and Andrew's like, yeah, we don't have to listen to that one. Yeah, it's, I, you know, we're going to talk to you about sad songs, but like sad people aren't interesting. (laughs) Well, I have so many songs like that, that it's like, that's my favorite song that I never want to listen to again. Yeah, it's like, I will only listen to this on a particular day yeah. where I know I'm allowed to be sad for the rest of the day. I have a lot of movies that are like that, too. Yeah. Like, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind is one of my uh-huh. favorite movies of all time that I will watch once every couple of years. Yeah, I will listen to all of um, In the Airplane <laughs> Over the Sea by Milk Hotel, like, if... If I'm allowed to be sad for the rest of the day, <laughs> if it's a day where I don't have to like be with anyone I love, I'm like, gonna clear clear the planner and just be sad for a while. Yeah. Anyway, so, beer. Thanks for thanks for listening to us talk about the Ben Folds album. Honestly, it's fucking great. If you haven't listened to it and you liked anything you heard, I just it's only like 45 minutes long, front to back. It's it's super worth it. You might you might find that you your favorite song is one of those we didn't talk about because I could totally believe it. Sound of the Life of the Mind I think is a really cool, interesting song. Um, another one, you know, another example would go here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're gonna we're gonna drink a beer as is, uh, you know. I was gonna say tradition, but really it's like the format of the show. Yeah, traditional format. The traditional format. Uh, we're drinking Phantasmagoria. A uh, double India pale ale by Prairie Artisanales um, out of Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, 
I've actually I've actually had this one twice. Smells good. Thank I want I want to thank um, my amazing girlfriend Hillary for uh, bringing me this beer back from Oklahoma over her winter break. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> That's not a great audio bit, but she's in the in the room. studio You're tonight. Oh, uh, thank you, <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. It's good, man. It's good beer. Yeah, it's kind of got a cloudy like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just a little hazy. You know, it's not like the full on New England thing, looking like OJ, but it's. I feel like this would be really good in the summer. Yeah, it's a very easy drinking double. I think it's only. Eight percent, which is like about the least. It's eight percent, which is about the least that a double IPA can be. You say but only eight percent, like I haven't been drinking like two two hearted this whole time. <laughs> yeah, like this isn't my fourth beer of recording today. Um, but it's yeah, it's it's um, eight, I think eight percent is right about the latest. Like double IPAs, I think start at seven point five, and I think that's a great range to be in, though. Because it's definitely a strong beer. You know, 8% is not a light beer. Right. But it's not this drink one 12-ounce, like, 13% double IPA that isn't fun to enjoy, and then you're drunker than you want to be. Yeah. And it's the end of your day. You know, it's um, it, it's it's fruity. It's got those, like, fruity hops going on. It's very tropical. It doesn't, like, when, when you taste it, it doesn't feel like a double. Like, it doesn't, no. like... Have that booziness or Patrick's bitterness, so nice. or yeah, no, it's I could easily like. Prairie makes great stuff. Their sours are fantastic. I would imagine. I'm not, you know what? I'm not super into sours, but I've had some sours lately mm-hmm. that have really like kind of turned my uh, uh, changed my perspectives on that a little. Nick's bit. getting on that sour train. I don't That'll know. It'll be fun when we go through our sour phase. I don't know if you've had flowed by shorts. No, it's like uh, uh, uh it's like a. A double like imperial sour, if that's a huh. thing at all. I don't. <laughs> it, it, it's the it's, thing about sours is that like there's only a couple real defined sour styles. Okay. So, but what you can totally do is like pick a style that already exists and then sour it and call it like this is a sour IPA. Right. Like you took a normal IPA and then you introduced. Uh, the souring bacteria is like lactobacillus or pediococcus and you soured it. And so like it's sort of in this gray area of like there aren't traditional styles for that beyond like lambics and Flanders red and brown. So if you wanted to create something new, um, you kind of have to like make up a style for it if you want to just not call it like it's a wild beer. Right. But yeah, I uh, my my perspectives have been changing a little bit in terms cool. of sours. Could um, be a lot of fun. Huh. Yeah. So well, it's 2018, y'all. Let's get down to business. <laughs> uh, thanks for listening to the show. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode. Um, we've kind of got a we've kind of got a bit of a stacked lineup coming up for uh, for guests. Yeah, we got guests lined up through February, which is very exciting. Um, as, as easy as it was for Nick and I to be on break from school, it like kind of got away from the grind of making this thing happen. And so uh, back in the rotation, we're going to be back at you every two weeks. No more silent weeks. 
Right, and we we do have uh, some bonus content possibly coming uh, coming your way. Yeah, we were on the uh, radio program. Do you remember the the name of his show? Oh wow, this is bad. We were on friend of the show Tony Mitchell's uh, radio program a few weeks ago, which was very exciting. Um, it used to be co-hosted by Brian Spencer, our our day one guest. Uh, yeah. But as he and uh, Jane, also a friend of the show, moved to Los Angeles. Uh, Tony's been running that gig by himself. But yeah, we went on Tony's radio show, uh, I think like the second, like January 2nd, like right off the bat in 2018. And we just hung out with Tony for a couple hours and talked about podcasting and talked about music and just Mm -hmm. talked about a bunch of stuff. And it was, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. And yeah, so Nick's going to pick out the cool parts of that and we'll, we'll deliver it to all of you as a, as a thank you. Yeah. Just because you know the last the last month or so, you know, <laughs> we haven't we haven't been. Nick sued. described our delivery schedule <laughs> earlier today as late and not on time. <laughs> you know, if you can describe the same thing in multiple ways, you sound way more interesting. <laughs> yeah, but follow the rule of threes: it's late, tardy, and not on time. Yeah. But we're we're gonna we're gonna release our radio interview probably dispersed over a couple weeks. Yeah, just that's, so that's old us. This is new year, new us. Just so you have like a month's worth of content. Yeah. Like that's that's kind of the goal there. Just you know, uh, as a thank you, Nick. Anything you want to plug? Uh, not currently. I'm I'm still grinding out school. Yeah. Uh, working on some film projects. Nice. Uh, that's about it. What I've got going on right now. Um, I'm. I'm actually really excited for our next uh, month of guests. Um, I'm just going to say it now because they've all but confirmed it. Uh, In February, we are going to be interviewing slash discussing music with uh, Chuck Whiting, who I've been in a band with for a few years now and is a singer, songwriter, comedian. Like, he he does it all. He's a busker. He's great. He's one of the most, like, funniest dudes that I've ever met. And then... Uh, we are going to be interviewing Mark Glick, who is the bass player for the folk punk band AJJ, formerly yeah. known as Andrew Jackson Jihad. Um, I, I've, I've met those dudes a couple times. I've met Sean a couple times. They're nothing but just the greatest people. So yeah, February is looking to be a, a really strong month for us. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited for that. Hell yeah. Um, I want to plug real quick... Um, an Instagram post by Hannibal Burris <laughs> on September 19th, 2016. Uh, you know what? I, I'm not going to tell you what it is, uh, but I've given you all the details you need to find out. I bring you beer and you do this to me. <laughs> A little bit of contention in the, in the studio it's, audience. It's great. It's, it's super good. Um, I think you'll love it. Uh, thanks for joining us as always. Uh, as always, I'm Andrew J. Pytel. I'm Nick Lancaster. And this has been something old, something new, something borrowed, something brewed. Play that funky music, white boy. Oh man, I'm gonna take a nap. It's 2018. I'm sleepy. <laughs> yeah. Good night. Bye.